Christopher. Hey, how's it going? Good. How's it going with you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, sorry for the schedule tag. No, uh, you're fine. <laughs> I'm glad we could finally get a date uh, settled down. Yeah, me too. I'm so excited. Last week, it was actually fine because I was so swamped last week. Mm. So this week actually worked better. Okay, good, good. Yeah, yeah. So just tell me before we, you know, get into questions, like, how are you doing? Sure. Uh, so far, so good. You know, the semester's been going great. Mm -hmm. um, I've been able to uh, kind of weave in the art stuff a little bit better this okay. semester as opposed to last. It was, uh, I've gotten a lot better with my time management. So, so doing good, doing That's good. That's good. That's good. Um, and so if you don't mind me asking, what's your year and also what's your major? Sure. Yeah, I'm a senior and I am doing interdisciplinary studies. Nice. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. I am also a senior and I obviously am an English major. I'm working for Wintover. Um, but recently I applied to graduate schools nice, for like nice. an MFA. Very cool. Very cool. Where'd you apply? Oh my gosh. A bunch of places <laughs> like, uh, Vanderbilt, Cornell. Those wow. are like the exclusive okay. ones. Right. I was going to say that's, that's nice. <laughs> right. Cornell. I already got rejected from that. Mm. It was a big rejection. Oh, so sorry. womp womp. <laughs> <laughs> but it was unrealistic for me to think I was going to get into Cornell. Oh, ne never, never say that. You know, there's always a chance. <laughs> I mean, there's always a chance. I just... I had like a premonition, hmm. um, but yeah, and then I applied to like a couple schools in Tennessee, like University of Tennessee, which hmm. I already okay. got rejected from as well. Wow. A lot uh, of applications though. <laughs> yeah, so I think I applied to 10 in total, hmm. which was not an easy thing for my bank account. <laughs> I, application fees have just gotten so expensive now. They like, really have, hmm. like I, ooh, there's some people who applied to like 17, like 20, upwards of 20. And I'm on like this Facebook draft community. Okay. And yeah, like the amount of schools people will apply to is crazy. And then there's like, there'll be people who like join the draft just mm. to say they like, oh, I got waitlisted at like Cornell or whatever. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> I'm like, you're contributing to a toxic environment. Right. Like, you are making me feel horrible right now. So for real. For that. <laughs> yeah, but most of the schools that I'm applying to, I haven't heard back from. Mm. So... We'll see about that. Right, I really well, like Maryland. Oh, Maryland. That would be you. nice. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but anyway, this is not about me. This is about you. So let's go ahead and transition to some of the questions. Sure. Well, let's go in a little bit deeper. You said you were studying like interdisciplinary studies. So could you expand upon that a little bit? Sure. Sure. So I, I originally started here at State with textile engineering mm -hmm. and I did that for about three years. Right. I took um, a semester and a half off to do a co-op. Oh, nice. And I, I did that and, and it was it was fine. Mm -hmm. But I, I kind of came back and I was like, I cannot do this. I just can't. Sure. I cannot finish out with this because I will be miserable. Right. Um, so I didn't want to switch to like an art and design major mm -hmm. because I'd effectively be starting over from right. zero. Don't want to do that. Right. So I learned about NC State self-design program, yeah. which is fantastic. And it falls under this interdisciplinary studies major. And I have been able to kind of, you know, create this like art history, museum studies, anthropology degree. Yeah. And I was able to work in the classes I'd already taken. So I wasn't, you know, doing an extra three years in college. Right. So, um, but I, I like it a lot. I like it a lot. I've, I've gotten to 
um, study a little bit more of like the behind the scenes mm -hmm. when it comes to like museums and stuff. And nice. that is, it's been really nice. Been really yeah, nice. that's awesome. Especially like, obviously I didn't know you had like a textile engineering background, mm -hmm. but it's awesome that you are able to like kind of define your own studies. Mm -hmm. I think that was like when I came into college, that was like a struggle for me. It's like, I didn't even know how to define my studies. I mm -hmm. felt like I had to fit into like a box. Of the majors, right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. Um, also yeah. NC State is like very major centric. Like, I don't know about mm -hmm. you, but it was like, when I applied to NC State as an undergraduate, you, like, you applied, and then the next thing that came after that was your degree. Like, mm -hmm. what's your degree? Yep. And like, so, I don't know. I'm like, I'm 18. <laughs> like, right. I like, I think, like, I had an idea of what I liked, mm -hmm. right? But it was kind of like, how am I going to make this possible and right. everything like that? But so far, I feel like NC State has been, like, a pretty good place. I've, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, it's obviously a huge school. Right. But... That just means there's like a lot to do and a True. lot to explore. So I like it. Yeah. Also later, um, you know, in, at NC State, as I became like a junior and a senior, I started like discovering stuff like student media. Mm -hmm. So that was like really nice to have that outlet. Of course, I was doing like poetry and stuff in my mm -hmm. regular time, but just to be a part of something larger. Because a lot of the mm -hmm. times classes in college feel so individualistic. Right. It, and it's kind of just about you. Right. Because, you know, yeah. So you. it's nice just to have, you know, a little organization I can go to and call home. And Very cool. How long have you been at Windover? So I actually started last year as a volunteer. Okay. Mm. Um, I was literary literary volunteer, so I read um, specifically poetry for the magazine. Nice, nice. Um, and then this year I'm serving as the managing editor. So that's okay. like a wide job description, but... You know, like I, I do a bunch of like the managing stuff. I think of myself as like a promotional mm, okay. um, editor as well. Like I do a lot of promotion. Um, so, yeah, but this is not an interview about me. Oh, hey, hey, you know, it's a conversation. We can it is a conversation, forth, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Can you share sort of what initially inspired you to like pursue a career in the arts? Sure. So, you know, the, the cliche thing, I've been doing art since I was a kid. Right. And I had never really considered it as like a, a professional thing that I could do. Right. But uh, there was a time where, you know, I was down doing the co-op mm -hmm. and I just stopped by the one Walmart in town and got some craft supplies and was starting to, to put them together. And, you know, just that very basic, very simple, like hour after work, maybe. Right. Made me you know, happier. It was, I could de-stress. And right. I was like, you know, I've got to be able to do this. Like, if I can't do this for the majority of my time, like, I'm going to be miserable. Right. Um, so, you know, I came back and, you know, there was this interesting period while I was switching majors where I was like, okay, but like, do I really want to do art? Right. Like, do I really want to do it? Yeah. But I had the opportunity to speak to some professional artists. Oh, nice. And, you know, I, I got really lucky because they just gave it to me straight. They're like, uh -huh. you can do it. Right, but right. It's gonna be it's gonna be a challenge. But right. I, I think that not getting this whole um, oh, you follow your dreams, follow your passion spiel. I think just getting the like, I mean, yeah, you can do it, but you might have some ramen nights. Right, um, right. I, I think that really was just like, no, I actually can do it. And yeah. kind of ever since then I've just been, you know, working towards that path. That's awesome. Yeah, I know as like a poet, I think I came into college and I had no idea how to pursue that right. just because it's not made available. I think I know at least from, you know, my family, they came from a very like traditional background mm -hmm. in terms of like 
you go to college to get like a specific skill, whether it be like an engineer or an accountant or whatever. But, and I felt like I didn't fit into that. Like I wanted more than just like skill-based right, education. Right. And that's a hard conversation to have with, with parents sometimes. It is know? so hard. Um, yeah, it's so hard. And, you know, but as I started getting deeper into my major at NC State, I realized there are so many ways that you actually mm-hmm. can pursue being an artist Mm -hmm. and that's what people don't want you to know is like you can make it happen like yes it requires a lot of work but it's like i don't know about you but it's like i love being busy right you know (laughs) i i I don't know if i love (laughs) i don't mind being busy okay um but yeah you're you're so right about like they just they being i guess the institution as a whole right um like there's just so many different career fields that are artistic that just kind of get swept aside unless you're already in the school of art right um so it was it was nice like switching majors and then learning like oh like you could be a curator a preparator exactly conservationist and there's like a million things you can do yeah Um, so that was nice nice. yeah um i actually i'm kind of into like archiving so like archivists like at the library they have Mm -hmm. like the special collections yes yes and i think that's like more of a tangible way to like do some of the work that i like doing Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so it's just interesting the way that you kind of like discover yourself through college and you kind of find your interest and stuff like that. But tell me a little bit about like your co-op, why you were like after your co-op or like during your co-op, I was like, you were like, no, I cannot do this. <laughs> well, you know, the co-op was it was, you know, it was this full time work mm-hmm. experience. They they paid for our housing down there. They just shipped us down and were like live and work as an engineer. OK, so for around six months. I was just working at this place and it was fine, you know. Yeah. I was using my my textile engineering skills at the time. Right. But, you know, engineering is about solving a problem. Right, right. And the shortest, you know, and cheapest solution to said problem. Right. So, you know, they'd be like, oh, we need a fix for this machine or we need you to optimize this process. But they don't want, you know, a, a, a solution that looks nice because it's right. a factory, you know, they just want a solution. Right. So I would find myself uh, just kind of designing just like blocks with screw holes in them for mm-hmm. most of them. But, and that's that's what worked. Yeah, yeah. But it's just so, it was so boring to me. It right. It was so boring. And not all engineering like is, is like that. And there's there's a lot of engineering that does incorporate more creative things. Right. But at the end of the day, you know, if you work at a company, they're going to want you to do things the cheapest. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I like being really extraneous. Yeah, <laughs> so, facts. And, and, you know, being creative allows me to be super extra, uh, right. for lack of a better word. So I think that was kind of the switch where I was like, I, I could do this. Right. But I don't want to do this and I don't have to do this. Right. And I imagine just like, you know, you said like you picked up craft supplies, you just mm-hmm. picked up craft supplies. I imagine that must feel so liberating to like have this outlet and it's like you can do anything you want mm-hmm. and like juxtaposed with like, you know, the beginning, you know, during your day when you're just like working for like these <laughs> capitalist institutions. <laughs> no, just... it was it was nice, though. You're right. It, was, it got me through the co-op. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so let's move a little bit more into like your process. Like sure. I know you focus on collage. Like that's a big part of your work. But how do you begin like a new piece? Sure. Is there a particular process for you, a ritual for you? So um, as far as process goes, I like to start um, a lot with 
just where I've like read things. Mm-hmm. Um, American Gods by Neil Gaiman. I love that book. And okay. I pull a lot of things from there because, you know, I just, I love taking like very, not necessarily mundane things, but, right. you know, things that kind of get overlooked. Right. Yeah. And, you know, just like blowing that up to the, the most, um, surreal extent that I can. Right. So, you know, once I have this, you know, random image that's popped into my head of, you know, whatever, like a, 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 an African mass surrounded by all these flowers or, you know, a, a man with airplane wings instead of angel wings or whatever. Right. You know, then is the research phase is what I like to call it, where mm-hmm. I just, I do a lot of material gathering. I do a lot of Amazon ordering for uh-huh. parts and stuff. And, you know, the, the I would say the most fun part is when I have all of the materials and I have all the supplies because from then on, nothing's really planned. Yeah. You know, I, I may have had an idea, you know, in the beginning. But after that, once I have everything, I kind of just let, it, this is going to sound weird, but I kind of just let it build itself. Yeah, um, no. In a way, and, and let it put itself together through my hands. Right. Um, and, you know, sometimes that ends up with something that is, uh, very similar to the idea that I planned, but sometimes right. it like it's like completely different, and I'm like, well, you know, this has been an interesting evolution. But no, yeah. that is so true. Like I think I will come into like I write poetry, obviously, yeah. so I'll come into a poem, and I'll have an idea, and I'll be like, okay, I, this poem is going to be about my mom, mm-hmm. and everything like that, and then I have no other like preconceptions mm-hmm. beyond that. Mm-hmm. I sort of just arrive at the page and whatever spills out spills out because i found that if it's surprising for me it's usually surprising for the audience there we go, there we go. it's it's a fascinating like creative process right let, yeah i don't know art make itself yes however. true <laughs> so yeah yeah i took um well i've actually taken a couple of classes with him workshop classes with him but professor corral eduardo corral yeah yeah mm-hmm. he yeah he's leaving soon which is sad but he sort of in his classes he would talk about how like you sort of like you can't control the language Mm -hmm. but you can sort of like maneuver it right and i've always thought that was so interesting it's like yeah in order to create something that's like surprising and unique you can't have it all planned out in your head because if you do you're not it's not creating really right exactly and it's not surprising so yeah it's just so interesting the way you know like similar between poetry and like mm-hmm. your visual art is so right. similar like the process is similar but let's talk about like you mentioned surrealism in your work mm-hmm. and also doing research on you you talk about like black bodies and the way that they function in our society mm-hmm. so can you talk about the way that your work blends sort of like the mundane and the magical with the surrealism can you elaborate on this balance how you achieve it mm-hmm. Sure. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't know if this was necessarily like a decision that I made or it just kind of happened, mm-hmm. but I pretty much only use like uh, African-American bodies and black bodies when I'm, you know, doing any kind of work. Right. And I think that it was just an attempt to, uh, I'm going to say equalize like mm-hmm. the depictions that we see of right. black bodies in art. And, you know, not that there isn't a place for the the stories of the struggle and the stories of the right. trauma and, and all of that. Not that there's not a place, but I just really, I didn't feel like I needed to add to that. Yeah. And instead, I really just wanted to depict them 
as they were. Mm-hmm. And I, I like to put them in very odd settings and very mm-hmm. odd backgrounds because I, I think that, you know, we're we're more than just the, the bad things that happened, you know, to yeah, people exactly. over time. And I, I think that we're finally at a point in history where that narrative can begin to shift away right. from just that. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of just like the the main gist of it is you know just I, I want to see something new. I want to see something a little new. No, I mean that's so true. I think well, there's a lot to unpack here. But um, <laughs> I mean, growing up, I I mean, admittedly, I grew up in very like white centered mm. spaces, and I grew up um in like environments that were considered like leftist or sure, liberal. Sure. But it's so interesting to me because when we talk about black history or we talk about you know black individuals and their contribution to like american society as a whole right Mm -hmm. you know we oftentimes like at least the people who are educating me it's like they only focused on like slavery exactly do you know what i mean exactly and it was like yes like that's an important part of the story but it's so limiting and it's not the only part of the story exactly exactly and you know it's people who taught me like they were very well-meaning but they were also like very white. Yeah. And and you know just just sometimes you're in a different perspective and it might not necessarily cross the aisle fully and yeah it's it's that's what happens but yeah and then also like black history month like i feel like black history month is always so atrocious like just to be like okay here you go like here's the shortest right. month here, of the you year. Get, you get 28 or 29 days. I guess we get 29. Yeah, you get 29. Yeah. Um, but it's just like I don't know. We were. Ta- I had a rhetorical criticism class earlier today, and we were talking about how Black History Month, like, well, specifically, like, there were like black people in our class talking about how like it didn't hit mm-hmm. this year. And I do understand that, but oh, yeah. also, just like the concept of Black History Month in general, I feel like it's just like here. This is your time, and don't speak about it any other time. Yeah, it's just problematic within itself. I don't know, but I. Like, I really appreciate your work in the sense of, like, you want to expand the narrative, mm-hmm. but also just, like, that's the way it is. Right. It was like, you know, I just, I'm just depicting as I see it. Exactly. Know, exactly. Um, yeah. So that's beautiful. So let's move back into a little bit of, you know, like collage. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that you really like that medium. I do. So tell me specifically what draws you to this medium mm-hmm. and you know, what, what you find inspiring about it. Sure. So, you know, I think, you know, when I, when I made, I still, I still make some collages now, but you know, when I was first starting and making just a bunch of collage, mm-hmm. I think I really enjoyed the limitation, you know, cause uh, some, some artists yeah. do say that limitation, you know, really breeds creativity. Right. And, you know, I, I did find that to be true. You know, mm-hmm. I was generally working with uh, found materials. Right. Every so often I'd print something out like if right. I really wanted to use an element. Um, but just being like, okay, you can only use 2D stuff. Right. You can only use what you find in magazines, give or take two pieces. Yeah. And 18 by 20, like make something. Right. And I find that that was just really good for the creative process. Right. Um, and, and just because the materials were so cheap, I really never had to plan anything. Right. You know, each each day I could sit down at a desk and just be like, okay, like, here's what I have and I can make something. It was, right. it was a very free way of, of creating. Um, and I, I still make collages every now and again, but mm-hmm. I've moved more into, like, 
two and a half D, three D stuff. Oh yeah, and that of course right requires a bit more planning right, just right. to start off with. But the collage was just it, it's nice. It's very freeing, you know. Yeah, that's so interesting. Um, well, it's kind of ironic because you know you're working in like these predefined mm-hmm. boundaries, right? right. Um, but then for some for some reason, it's like you you have to use your creativity within mm-hmm. these limitations, and you end up creating something that's like even more interesting exactly. you know it, it's just it's like the it's like a physical representation of the the whole being way greater than the sum of its parts yeah definitely know? um just related back to my experience like poetry mm-hmm. we all obviously like there's free verse i tend to write free verse most mm-hmm. of the time but we have constraints in poetry as well and it's with like traditional forms. So we have like the sonnet, for instance. Right, right. 14 lines, Volta, all that. Right, abecedarians, which is like essentially like each line of the poem begins with the first, or begins with the letter of an alphabet. Mm. So the first line is like A, begins with the well, okay. a word okay. that starts with the letter A. And then the right. second line starts with a word that begins with the letter B. And all the way down. All the, the way Z. down, yeah. That sounds horrid to write. That sounds it, very hard. Yeah, so it is very hard, but you know, you kind of get in that space where it's like you have these constraints and it makes you think more creatively. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like I totally relate to that. Um, but talk more about like your sculptures that you're doing. Sure. sure. So I had a studio visit um, a couple of months uh, ago. And, you know, this is still when I was doing like a lot of collage and he saw the collages and he saw some of the little 3D things that I put together right and he was like you know this is good like you've you've done some good stuff and I was like thank you and but he was like but like I can tell that there's something more that you want to do oh yeah and I was like you know you're right and I'm I'm glad he was able to sense that right and I think there was a part of me that uh, didn't want to move into sculpture okay for various reasons you know imposter syndrome obviously Uh, oh there yeah yeah Um, okay you know there was a little bit of 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 marketability, you know, at the okay. end of the day, because, uh, you know, I, the, I want, I want to be a professional artist. No, and for I real. I want my things to sell. Right. And what's more marketable, a print or exactly, a sculpture? Exactly. You know, and I was like, oh, I, I, I've sold collages. I don't want to do something that I don't know if it's going to sell or not. <laughs> right, so right. That's, you know, that's <laughs> the whole, the whole dilemma. But eventually I made one. I think it's the only one that's on my website right now. Yeah. But I just had so much fun making it. I made it from a uh, spirit Halloween skeleton. Oh my goodness. That I like sliced and diced and did up and did all this stuff too. And just the act of creating it was so fun. Yeah. I was like, well, you know, I'm not going to stop the collages because I still want to improve on those skills, but this was fun and I want to do it again. So I, I just started making more of those. I made one that had like a bunch of security cameras on it. Oh, yes. I made one that, like, has a bunch of trumpets, which was a mess because trumpets were kind of (laughs) heavy. But, you know, it it really just was more about the fun for Mm -hmm. it. And, you know, now that, you know, they're kind of just sitting up in my my studio, they're very – it's it's almost scary for me to go in my studio now because I turn off the lights and there's, like, (laughs) four to five, like, six-foot-tall humanoid things staring (laughs) back at me. Um, But – it's it's just it's more fun. I just find it more fun to make sculpture, yeah, or contemporary sculpture, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. But I, it's interesting, like we talk about the constraints of being an artist. Mm-hmm. Like you, not only have to make something that you like and you feel is authentic, but you also mm-hmm. have to sort of cater to 
I you mean, know, yeah, the people, others, right? the, the public. Yeah, and that's that's a hard balance. It is. It is. And, I, you know, we all wish we didn't have to do that. We all right. wish that we could just make our art for us. Right. But, you know, we all got to eat. So <laughs> right, right. got to eat. I remember actually, so uh, the first time I really saw your work, I remember we were in a poetry class together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of the assignments, there was an assignment or something, and your response to that assignment essentially was, I remember it was like a sculpture. Mm-hmm. And it was like a spherical yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, the fig. Yeah, the, the yeah. The first fig. <laughs> Do you, you're like, oh, that's so. That was, <laughs> I, I think Day still has it, actually. Oh, awesome. Uh, if they kept it in their office or something, I'm not sure. But you know, for that first assignment, I was like, well, I, you know, don't, if you're Meg Day, don't listen to this. But you know, I was procrastinating on it till the <laughs> night before. And I was like, okay, like, I've got to do something. Right. And I could write something, but it's going to sound like it was done last minute. But I was like, oh, wait, I have a bunch of clay and nails left over. Like, let me, you know, work with that. And it, it ended up great. And I liked it. So Yeah, I remember just being like, when you were introducing it, I was like, wow, like, he is so like ahead. <laughs> I, I try, I try, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm like, I gotta get this assignment done. So I just bam, 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 put some nails in a some clay figs and called it a day. Yeah, I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about mediums. You know, you started with collages. You're mm-hmm. sort of interested now in working with sculpture, yep. 3D stuff. Um, but are there any other artistic mediums you see yourself working with? In the future? Sure. Um, I have always been fascinated uh, just out of, like, curiosity by, like, the filmmaking process. Oh, okay, yeah. I don't know if I would ever actually go into the film industry because, like, it's just such a... It's such its own thing, (laughs) right, right. that I don't even want to mess with it. But, you know, just for fun, just, like, throwing together a short film or or some other, you know, nice pretentious thing like that, I think that would be really fun just to to get behind the camera and do that. Nothing I would ever pursue professionally, but I think right. it, I think film is so fun. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, yeah, I think it could be fun. I mm-hmm. mean, I feel like I don't have anything to add to that just because I feel like film is so far outside right. of... It really does just feel like its own thing. Yeah. That I don't want to go near it right now. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, but maybe, yeah, that would be well, something. Maybe in the future when I'm like stable financially and all that. Yeah. So let's talk about just a little bit of is there a specific message or feeling you aim to convey to your audience through your art i know we touched upon this a little bit but mm-hmm. is there anything else that you feel like you want people to know about your art or um well i think at the end of the day i'm really i'm really not trying to send any particular message right i just want to make something that if even for a second like short circuits Mm-hmm. the 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 viewer's brain right. not in any bad way but just <laughs> yeah, in, yeah because that sounds bad <laughs> but just in a way of like like I was looking at things one way exactly even even if it's temporary I'm looking at things another way right and you know even if they go back to to the way they were thinking before that that brief time where they were just imagining you know a new thing that's that's really all I aim to you know I just right I just want to make something that people are going to stop and be like that's Cool. Yeah. And then they can keep going. Yeah, no, for real. Um, Actually, the, I brought Wintover, oh, the nice, last nice. edition, which you contribute to. And, you know, I feel like you're, you submitted collages, mm-hmm. and I feel like they're amazing. But one collage that I really, really liked that you submitted last year was, I think it was Black Bodies, White Eyes. I, yeah, yeah. I Let me see. 
Let me see if I can pull it I should, up. I should know. I have like five copies of that book just sitting at home. But essentially it was like this um, this like black individual. Mm-hmm. And then you had sort of cut off a little bit of its face. And you had put, you know, like something that's very like traditional mm-hmm. Western art, which is like the white sculpture. I mean, we could go into that in itself about like how like originally those sculptures were like painted and mm-hmm. then they were sort of like scrubbed of that from the history right. and, and when like, we found them we're like no they were white the whole time they were not yeah exactly exactly um but like that i think that's a way of like subverting or like making things seem anew do you mm-hmm. know what i mean like for presenting for your audiences of like listen i'm a black individual but i have to work in these white spaces uh-huh. right you got it um so maybe tell us a little bit about like your inspiration for black bodies white eyes like sure. functioning like as a black man functioning mm-hmm. in like these very white dominated spaces. Yeah. So um, that collage is it was it was really hard to photograph that the piece of the face that's the like Greco-Roman sculpture. Right. It's it's a it's a three D printed piece. Oh wow. So okay. So the whole collage actually does have like a depth element to it, which right, yeah. obviously isn't going to come through on the page. But I, I I based this piece off of a a paper that I actually had to read for an anthropology class. Oh, nice. Called Black Bodies, White Skin. Oh, okay. And it was written in the eighties by this um, black philosopher. And it, it essentially just went over, you know, what, what we're talking about of like, you know, black people, we got to exist as black people, right. but also under the the purview right. of, of white America. Right. And it kind of added, you know, this other layer of like now, you know, you start to see this 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 internalized racism. Right. You know, coming. And I think that's where I got the white eyes part from. Right. Because you know, like our our tastes, our influences, our likes, our hobbies, our dislikes are influenced by what we see and what right. we know. Right. And you know, for for a lot of us, that is white media. Yeah. Know? And and that's you know, I don't want to sound all dour. Like that is starting to change. And right. Starting right. to see, you know, a shift in that kind of things. But it, it's still very present. It's still very present. And I think I just wanted to, you know, kind of put it put it on the page and and. You know, sometimes people will see it and they're like, oh, this is like, a, he's making a big statement. Like, right. he's in his black radical era. Like, I'm <laughs> no. not. I just, I just wanted to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, so, yeah, I, I really, I do like that piece a lot. Yeah, I love it. I really think it's just, that, I think it's one of my favorite pieces that you've done. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's just quite beautiful. Um, but let's talk about, you know, we're talking about, um, you know, like a little bit about, you know, like your blackness and how it influences your art. But like, and actually there's one piece that I also really love. It's um, the one that you submitted for this edition. It was the Samuel Joseph Brown. Mm. That one was really interesting. Um, Could you like expand upon any cultural or like historical figures that you feel like have significantly influenced your like artistic journey? Sure. Um, So a couple, trying to think. Vanessa German, she's a sculptor. She works oh, out in okay. Philly, and her work is fantastic. Like yeah. she does um, assemblage sculpture, uh-huh. where she just—it's—I mean—it's like the collage of sculptures. She just finds yeah. things at thrift stores and and junkyards and on the sides of streets, and she she just really knows how to put a sculpture together. Right. Um, her colors are always fantastic, uh, and they're big. They work mm-hmm. at scale. Like she's got one. And it's like eight feet tall. Right. And, and I think that, 
you know, regardless of, of how good of an artist you are, if you make something that's eight feet tall, people are going to look at it. Right. Um, so I, I'm not at Vanessa German's level, but I hope when I, you know, really, really get into my, my practice and my career, I can be there. Right. Because, God, I love her work. Um, historically, I don't know if I have any, like, really. Aaron Douglas, he's a, he's a painter from the Harlem Renaissance. Right. Um, and he did a lot of Art Deco stuff. Uh-huh. I just love Art Deco, like, the style of it. Right. Um, so those are, those are my, like, big two. Okay. Um, but, you know, they, they've got me this far. Yeah, I need, to, I need to pick up some more major influences. Yeah, I mean, no, like I understand completely. Like there are always going to be those artists mm-hmm. who have just like exposed you to this world and they'll always be like your staples mm-hmm. no matter what. So for me, in my poetry, it was like, oh my gosh, Claudia Emerson. Like mm-hmm. she has this book called Late Wife and in it she evaluates, you know, like her marriage and how it okay. f- fell apart uh, but she also like sort of investigates like her matrilineal heritage and the way that that okay. has um, impacted her, you know, like her relationships um, mm-hmm. with like men and stuff like that. And I think that's like so interesting. I-, I mean, that's like what my work centers. So like, of course, but to see someone be able to do it so tangibly, it's like amazing. Like yeah. your you life know, is revolutionized. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, you know, it's just, it's it's always been interesting, you know, when I do research on other artists, just to see what's out there. Right, yeah. Because, you know, previous to, like, trying to do it, you know, as, like, a thing. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I was like, yeah, there's sculptors, or there's right. collage, or there's paint, but even within these disciplines is, like, another you know, infinite number of categories you right. know, between the assemblage and the, the stone carving or wood carving or clay right. or yada, yada, yada. Um, so it's been fun. It's been fun so far. Good, good. Um, so let's also talk about, like, let's sort of, like, contextualize your work now. So how has your art evolved over the years? You talked about it. You moved from collage, and you talked about, like, your origins. Um but, like, is there anything else that you feel like has influenced your evolution as an artist? Um, you know, I think I, I was I was very fortunate and I was able to get a studio downtown. Mm-hmm. And, you know, previously to that, I was, of course, working at the kitchen counter. Okay. And, yeah, right. You know, because we're all We start somewhere, it? right? We, we all got to start somewhere. And, you know, that would be a mess because I'm like, oh, I got to cook dinner. I've got to throw <laughs> off all this collage right. stuff. And, you know, I, I, I had this studio and I was like, okay, like now I actually have space to like work and leave stuff out. Right. And and as a result, of course, the stuff that I made got bigger and bigger. Right. So, you know, that's, it's not like an artistic influence, but, you know, just, it, it's so funny how like just like life yeah. influences everything. No, and I yeah. think that in 10 to 15 years, it's going to be very interesting for me to look back on this stuff right. and be able to just chart like what was going on in my life based on how the work looks, its size. Right. I'm like, okay, like this is, this is interesting. You know, I was, I was able to get like a grant and then like, I'm able to do a lot more oh my gosh. Know, just like financially. So it's, it's a lot of my like influence and, and changes just, you know, still being a college student. Right. A yeah. lot of it just fluctuates due to that stuff. Uh, you know, there was a time that I was I was uh, moving apartments and that's, you know, now I've got to think about that. And I started 
you know, doing smaller collages in that period because I don't want to lug right, you know, right. a bunch of masks or whatever else I was making oh my um, gosh. to a new apartment. So that's such that's such an amazing insight because you know, like we like to think of art as like this abstract thing, mm-hmm. this thing that can like subvert I don't know, like the literal world, right? Right. right. And but it's like the things that we make are so defined by like I our like limitations in our mm-hmm. environment. Yeah. Um, that's so interesting. So you have a studio and you said that you received or you were able to get the studio because of a grant. So I actually got the studio that my first studio was at a three one one gallery downtown. Okay. And it was nice. It was really nice. Uh, yeah. The, the owner, Lakeisha Reed, um, I had just, I had been around the gallery and I had volunteered there a couple of times, but there right. was an opening and she thought of me, fortunately. Nice. Um, and then right now I'm at Art Space downtown. Right, yeah. Um, and then that's when I got the grant um, from the United Arts Council. They do artist support grants and they're very generous with them. Like oh my gosh. A lot gosh. of artists get them, which is plug. really nice. No, yeah, <laughs> plug, plug for United Arts Council because you guys are fantastic. Um, thank you so much for the grant. Yes. Um, but, you know, it's it's just, I'm like, wow, I can actually, like, make big things now because yeah. like, this this is there and I have the space for it. But I'm out, I'm outgrowing my studio, so I need to, no. I don't know. It's because it's I keep making all these big, you know, yeah. things. And I'm like, I got to put them somewhere. I might get a storage unit. Who knows? I'll put them, I'll put them in here in the studio. So Yeah. We talked about, okay, so you now have the space to create. Mm-hmm. But do you feel like the people that you're around you know, influence your art? Like, Mm. do you, are you in any like artistic communities where you're able to sort of go to them and be like, this is what I'm working on. I'm having these issues. Mm. This is what I want to accomplish. Like, do you have that group? Uh, Sure. So uh, art space itself is, you know, a really nice place because it has a lot of studios in it. Um, Like 20 something studios and everyone makes just such bizarrely different work. Right. So, you know, if I'm in there on a Thursday or Friday, where like a lot of people are there, right. then there's just this like, it's like when you go to the library to study versus studying in your own room. Right. It just feels more productive. Yeah, facts. And it's it's just nice to like, you know, I'm walking down the hallway and I see someone doing painting. I see someone doing, you know, clay sculpture. I see someone, I don't know, gluing dead cicadas to canvas, you know, and it's right. just, uh, there's that, that variety and that, that vibe in there, you know, that. Yeah. It's really it's really nice and really yeah. helps me to be like, okay, like I see what he's doing down there. And even though it has nothing to do with right. what I work on, it still makes me think and still makes me yeah. switch it up a bit. So yeah. that, that community at Art Space has really been, uh, I'd say, one of the bigger boons, you know, as far as my work is concerned. That's fabulous. Um, so this is a more of a personal question just because I know you like on, mm-hmm. a, on a more personal level like we've yeah. met before. But um, like you're, are you still dating Prairie? Yes, yes. You know, and I, because she's doing her MFA right, right now, yeah. A, you know, in poetry, and I think that you know, getting to come home and like, it, it's, it's almost like we, what do we call it? We call it our little literature salon. Yes. And you know, I think that having that like literature art and visual art kind of blend, um. I think it produces very interesting things on both sides. Right. Um, so it's it's really it's a really good combination. Yeah. Um, that I think has influenced my work in in very subtle ways. I I, I wish I can point it out. You know. Right. Like how how I've how have I been thinking poetically now that yeah. I maybe wasn't because when I got to college I didn't know anything about poetry right. beyond like 
you know, Ruby Core Milk and Honey poetry, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> <laughs> which I know is sacrilegious um, to even bring up. But that's like all I knew. Right. You know, and but yeah, just like getting to like have that like really kind of weird, like artistic uh, yeah. interchange. It's really nice. It's really nice. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh, I was going to ask you a question. Oh, yes. Obviously, this is about your work, but like mm. in what ways do you feel like you've influenced like Perry's work in a way? That is a fantastic question. I, I'm i not sure. I'm really not sure. I would hope, <laughs> I would hope that I have at least provided a couple of good images you yeah. know, for her to, to latch on and, and incubate into a, into a poem or something. But I, I, I wish I could give you a specific example. I don't know. Her, she's almost done with her thesis. Right. So when that comes out, you know, I, I'm really going to scan through it. Yeah, for real. Like, okay, which of, this, which of these came from me, you know? What, 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 what line did I inspire? <laughs> right. Here? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I'm going to expose myself. I'm such oh. a prairie fangirl. That is a, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> it's a not a bad <laughs> thing. Like, I, I had prairie in one of my workshop classes. Mm, okay. And since that workshop class, I'd be like, I have to write like prairie to every one of my good. friends. That's good. No, yeah, she, it she's is. gonna love to hear she, that. She inspires me so much, but also like I like you guys are like my artistic power couple. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank <laughs> like I don't know you super personally, but I know of you guys, and it's like you guys are like the Beyonce and Jay Z. Oh, oh, stop, <laughs> stop, Nicole. <laughs> no, it's true. You guys are fabulous artists, and it's just interesting to see the way that or just to talk about the way that you guys like inspire each other and how you know. Her poetic work is an influence for your artistic or your visual art and vice versa. I don't know. It's just such an interesting concept. Well, thank you. You know, it's 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 interesting to us, too. And it's, yeah. it's always unexpected what random cross links and concepts that will come up. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Um, all right. So this is kind of my final question right. just to wrap everything up. Sure. But are there any upcoming projects or exhibitions that you're particularly excited about? Is there anything you want to plug? Sure. Okay. Plug your Instagram. Uh, let's let's go down the plug list, the shameless plug. <laughs> okay, so go, go. My Instagram is cjmurphy.art. I post there sometimes, occasionally. Um, my website, cjmurphy.org. And my studio is 108 at Artspace. Nice. And right now, what am I working on? I have a sculpture, a larger sculpture that I'm working on. It's the one with the trumpets. Okay. And it is it is both the most expensive thing I've made and the most frustrating thing I've made so far, but it's almost done. Right. And it is going to be, in my humble opinion, personal opinion, uh, fantastic. Okay. So if you guys are ever downtown on First Friday. Oh, my God, yes. Uh, and you stop in the art space and go to Studio 108, you will see a very odd sculpture looking back, but I promise you it's 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 pretty cool. Oh, my gosh. So. I've been meaning to go to First Friday since forever. Oh, well, but now, now, you, I now have you to have go. a reason to go <laughs> yeah, to see exactly. all the weird stuff that I, I put together. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's just amazing. It's been so amazing talking with you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Of course, you're such an interesting person to interview. Well, Your you. art is fabulous. Um, just want to reiterate that for the millionth time because <laughs> well, you, you are. No, I'll, I'll take it. Um, but anyway, thank you guys for listening and tune in next time for our next interview of a fellow NCSU artist. Bye.